Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We'll share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. In addition to a podcast, The Breakthrough is a coaching and advisory business that provides programs for business leaders, owners, and managers to develop your skills and capabilities to boost your business and enjoy a better life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Welcome along to today's episode of the podcast. I'm very grateful to have my co-worker and our breakthrough head of digital, Milena Cooper, with us today. Milena, welcome along. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. In the podcast today, we're going to be talking about our breakthrough learnings in using freelancing and outsource work. Uh, We've tried in a lot of different projects, a lot of different forms, and some of them have been stellar successes and others we put in the, what would you call it, the learning basket? That's right. Sometimes, you know, a big steaming pile of you mm-hmm. know what, mm-hmm. a, a, but the point is to learn from it, and that's what this podcast is about. Absolutely. Let us share some of those uh, those wins and some of the <clears throat> almost wins uh, with you. So maybe, Milena, give us some context. Why would organizations and why have we looked to outsourcing and freelancing as, a, as an option? So I think one of the main things is that, you know, you're really focused on growing your business or being able to do more with less. One of the things we always talk about um, and you don't have to do it all yourself. And so kind of as being the digital manager here, um, we really look to how can we deliver what we want need to deliver on without having the expense and the time of, of bringing people into our business on a permanent basis. And and sometimes it's because we don't know what we need yet. Yes. Um, so it's giving us a chance to, to evaluate what we do need and get that capacity and capability that we don't actually have in-house. Um, so let me dig in on that one yeah. a little bit. How do we think about capacity versus capability? Capability is about the skills. So sometimes we, we just don't have the skill set. So some of the projects are about getting specific set of skills. Um, around design and they might be short term. So we don't need to hire a full-time person to do a short-term, highly skilled task. And capacity is more around, sometimes in your business you have busier times and you just, and you have certain projects Mm -hmm. you need to deliver on and you just don't have enough hours in your day. And it's not good use of your time either to be doing that extra work. So you look at that and you go, that's the capacity piece. Am I the right person to be doing this? Can someone else do it? Yeah. And maybe a really couple of simple examples around that capacity and capability. Capacity, we had a uh, video that we just needed the audio transcoded into text. Uh, so, you know, could I have done it? Could you have done it? Could someone else in the team? Yes, skill wise, absolutely could have got that done. Was it good use of our time? No put it on a freelance platform, it was sorted, it was back to us the next day, and it cost us uh, literally a few dollars. And then capability-wise, we had quite a complex uh, web project that we were trying to get in, it had multiple points of integration. Um, We actually just didn't have the skill and the knowledge to do that, so that's where we really needed some capability. Absolutely, great examples. Often the challenge around uh, hiring people on a full-time basis is we really want them to be amazing at everything. And we're lucky that many of our team are amazing at so many things, but you don't always get absolutely everything that you need. And this is one of the ways that freelancing and outsourcing can help us, right? 
Absolutely. Another example, and we'll probably come to it again, is uh, a workbook that we have done. So we, we got it done once. Um, the first experience was terrible because you didn't, we, we, I did a lot of things wrong. Hence, you can learn from me. Um, and the second time around, I found a much better freelancer who figured out had the right capability and had good communication with him and got it done. And since we've done three more and each one has been a breeze and kind of just leverage for me to be able to do what I'm good at. It's the content piece and the organizing and let him do all the design and all the production and and it gets done magically overnight <laughs> while I'm sleeping he's working sure. and so you know um, so it was really good from that perspective of, of getting us to where we needed to be a lot more quick quickly than if I had tried to do it myself and more cost-effectively than if I had hired an agency locally here as well and that's another piece of it is that you can look at where you find these people so local is good and you often get referrals from people to give you extra capacity and we've used a, a local agency to help us with some of our marketing mm -hmm. for things that we needed to be done here where they were client-facing yes. um, and an understanding of the local market was really important so kind of assessing what's the right the right person so that was a local resource the second is when we do outsource and that could be anywhere in the world because there's no Sorry. specific need for them to have any local understanding mm -hmm. local market knowledge or even time zones isn't an issue and sometimes it can be mm -hmm. your advantage so you go anywhere in the world and you use a freelancer mm -hmm. platform we use Upwork a lot but there's many different mm -hmm. ones out there I've also used what, what, are, what are some of the countries we've had uh, people working for us in <laughs> Uh, India, Pakistan, Serbia, Serbia yeah. Israel, yeah. Uh, Philippines, South America. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. phenomenal talent available on, on these uh, platforms. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk to you about some of the uh, tips and tricks about how you brief things well so you get good results on these. But there's some very talented people there that are available for instant access and can do great work if it's uh, specced in the right way. Yeah. And then the last one is virtual, where you literally actually don't even have a person working for you anymore. You find technology solutions to problems. So that earlier one that you talked about with the transcript. So um, we've mm -hmm. done more and more videos now. Early on, we got a, a physical person to transcript. Now we've got a piece of software called Temi, which does that level first level transcription and creates the SRT file for you. And it's, it's probably 85% accurate um, for you know, cents per minute. It's almost instantaneous. You you upload the file and it notifies you when it's done and you just go in and do the, the little corrections. So some of those things are even better and you have one that you use as well. Yeah, so I have uh, a calendar appointment management tool that's based around artificial intelligence. Uh, the website is x.ai, so just the letter x.ai. And we ha oh, I have a virtual assistant called Amy can be Andrew, you can choose. Uh, I use Amy and I can just use very natural language in an email saying, uh, Amy, I'd like to meet with Milena next week for 30 minutes on Wednesday. Can you please find a time that works for us? And 
Amy has obviously virtual access to my calendar. She'll then send Milena an email going, look, Ryan's got these three time slots. What works? You know, can you meet at his office, etc.?" cetera? And uh, she, she yeah. uh, handles all of, all of that for us. So yeah, that's a, compl- a great example of the complete and virtual. And it's quite funny because you've had some instances where people have <laughs> not known the difference and, uh, yeah. and actually kind of fired back, right? Some personal yeah. things. So a little learning there yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, how... Up- how how good it is and how much people kind of mm. don't even recognize it. Yeah. I had uh, one client come in and say, oh, Ryan, you bugger. I've just been asking Amy this morning how her weekend was. <laughs> but that's how that's how good some of this technology yeah. is is, yeah. Uh, is getting. And, yeah. you know, think about just in that small instance, how much time we spend just trying to coordinate meetings. You know, it's, I could easily lose hours and hours a week trying to just uh, manage, you know, diaries between two or three people and, and get it coordinated. And uh, Amy can do that all um, seamlessly. And look, is she perfect? No. Uh, does she work probably 90% of the time? Yep, absolutely. So that's 90% that's sorted. And the other 10%, then we uh, we put real people in to, to help get the 10% sorted. And I think that's, again, one of one of our big principles that we've talked about in some of our different podcasts about what's fit for purpose. You have to think about what's the right level of success that you need. If it has to be 100 percent, then make sure you find the best resource. But in a lot of cases, it can be 80 percent and you deal with the exceptions Mm. with your own time. And and you save so much time and you can save so much ultimately money and mm. you create more growth in the business because you're working on the higher value stuff Correct. so that's that's the number one reason why you do outsourcing spot on so if we talk about the the what and the when Lena, what's some examples for us uh so i guess one of the things that i look at first is you know what's what's the time frame so is it a short-term solution is it is it because we've run out of as we said earlier, capacity, we just need some something to fill the gap mm-hmm. for us, or is it a capability piece? And that might be short term as well, where we need to figure out what do we need to learn about this so that if we need to bring it in house, we can. Okay. So are we going to talk uh, tips? Yes, let's, yeah? let's talk. So um, I'm going to talk about it kind of right from the, from woe to go. And um, I think the first thing is, is being absolutely clear on what work you need done. Uh, if you don't plan, you're just going to, you will fail. And, and it's even more important when you're talking about external resource, because you don't have the opportunity to, to see them face to face, to communicate through it. So the more you spend the time thinking through what's the scope of the work that you need to do, what are the skills, what are the capabilities that you require, What's their expertise that you need? What did you know? And the experience that they should have. What are the timelines? What are the estimated hour weeks? It sounds like a lot, but think those things through, and you will have a much better chance at the end of finding a person that is going to deliver on what you need. Because you can spend hours in the end afterwards trying to. Fix the mistakes, or or make somebody do what you need them to do, which you weren't clear on in the first place. So, absolutely critical is thinking through those things. Yeah, clear expectations right at the beginning, and you know, a good lesson for management and organisations uh, overall, regardless whether it's an internal employee or an external resource. 
being clear on what what the outcome is, uh, I think we fall into the trap when it's an internal resource. We can kind of, uh, because we're close, communication's a bit easier. We can kind of tweak the process as it goes along. Um, I'm not saying that's a, a great result. Actually, just being clear at the at the outset about what are we trying to achieve here and how will we get it done makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so second to that is write the brief. So we love to go, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're clear, we thought about it. And then we just immediately go to, let's find somebody, let's find somebody. And sometimes it's really easy, find someone you know, right? Because network is also a really good way. But then you kind of stop the evaluation process because you think, oh, this person can do it. And you don't actually write it down. And by writing it down, by actually writing those things down and having something to give to that person makes it absolutely clear. So we've done that with our marketing agency. They're here. Yeah, sure, they have expertise, but writing the brief, and then they did a reverse brief to us, and they said, this is what we heard you say you wanted. Again, fundamentals to success. So that's a that's a top tip there because exclamation mark <laughs> asterisks, yeah. yeah, all of those. Yeah, yeah, uh, and also because again, in that virtual in that in that freelancer space, when you go to post a job like we do in Upwork, you have to write a brief. And if you have it in writing that you said, "I'm looking for this," these are the skills, and you also use it when you're filtering your freelancers, then again, you're going to be more likely to find the right pool of candidates in the first instance, and they're going to find you as well. Because sometimes it's hard, there's literally thousands of people out there who say they can do their job, and some are desperate to do your job, and they will, so you'll get lots of applications, just like what you did when you posted a job ad. Um, and if you're not clear on the spec, you're gonna waste a lot of time either filtering through applicants that, that didn't meet the brief in the first place, or people who are desperate to get your job and, and they're going to apply and make it seem like they have the skills that you have. So again, writing that brief and being really clear, writing it down, and then you can point back to it and say, these are the things I need to have. Mm. And, and, and sometimes it's as simple as the deadline. If they can't meet that deadline, you're gonna have to eliminate them. Um, sure. You know, that, that's, a, that's a critical piece. Mm. Look, one of my top tips uh, when you're using freelance platforms is absolutely write the write the brief. And there's a couple of ways you can uh, post jobs typically on these platforms. You can write your brief, put it on the platform and go, who wants to do it? So kind of the at-large approach. Or you can do the look through people that are listed on the platform and identify who you would like to do the job. So I find that a really uh, good way to do it. I'm really clear because I've uh, written the brief or maybe someone else in our business has written a brief with much more detail than I would, which is quite helpful. Uh, but then going in and I look at things like, do you have the skill sets that match? How many five-star ratings do you have on the, on the site? How many hours have you logged on the site? So I'm looking typically for people that have done hundreds of hours of, of work. For me, the hundreds of hours of work tends to be an indicator that this is how they work rather than someone that's doing a bit of a side hustle after, after work or something of that, that nature. Um, so yeah, hours, ratings, uh, technical skills. And then once I've identified a small group, normally like five or six people, I can then have the ability to contact them directly and go, here is my job brief. Would you be interested in doing the work for us? Yeah. And I find that results in less effort around rather than just publicly posting the job when you tend to get, you know, literally hundreds of responses back going, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Um, I find that uh, that approach works well.
Yeah, that's a great tip. The other thing I learned, and this was a hard learned lesson, was to ask lots of questions. Don't assume anything. Because again, it's one of those things, it's a bias. Oh, they look like the right person. They sound, you know, they're saying the right things. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. The, you know, it feels pretty low risk. And sometimes it is fairly low risk on those simple, basic jobs. Like, so you make an evaluation. Um, if it is a really basic task that a lot of people can do, go out there, get it, find the one, boom. But if it is specialist skills, like when we had the, the person that was doing that integration of our database, when we were looking for somebody to design a workbook, when we've been looking for people around podcasts, um, you want them to have those skills. So helping to look at the ratings, to helping to look at the hours worked and those things tells you about their experience. Um, but it, but asking questions gets to who they are and also how they communicate. And communication is huge. So if you find you're struggling to co communicate with someone, and sometimes you know there's time zone differences as well, which may or may not be an issue, but, but being, being able to, again, this is the brief, did you understand the brief? Ask more questions and get them to answer. And if they're not answering your questions satisfactorily, that's gonna, again, be a red flag to you that you might have difficulties working with them later. Yeah. You really want them to see, and it's the other thing that tells you how keen are they really to, to work your job. If they give you one line, yeah, I can do that job, it's kind of like, do you really want to work with someone that isn't taking an interest to, you've spent the time to write a detailed brief. You want them to have some questions. You want to ask them some questions and see how they respond. Mm. Because the more detail that comes back, the more likely you're going to be successful in working mm. with them. And just like if you were hiring a new team member to join the organization in an employee role, uh, having an interview is actually really helpful. Now, do you call it an interview? No, it's more an online connection. Probably already uh, had some online discussion around the brief and what the job is, but then actually having a phone call or a, you know, we use Zoom to actually meet people and talk through it just gives us so much more insight as to their capability and, and fit for us to do, yep. the, do the job. Yep. Uh, that's that's that would definitely be one of our other top yep. tips, wouldn't it? If, yep. yeah, if it's a project of significance, yep. if it's the, can you please transcribe this uh, video audio, hey look, no, no biggie, just get it done, it's probably not gonna be high risk, but if it's a significant project, then take the time to actually have a face-to-face, uh, -face or at least the um, uh, in-person phone call with people to, yep. to find out what they're really about and check whether we can communicate effectively. Yeah, so the time zone pace around communication. So um, I have hired people that worked on pretty much the opposite time zone um, and it can work. Again, just think about is, are your timelines tight? Do you need to have somebody who can respond? And how much communication do you need that might be in real time? And if you need that, then having some overlap of your working hours and theirs is critical. So um, we outsourced some IT support for one of our websites, and that was actually a fail for us because we actually needed responsiveness within hours mm. um, and so one of the one of the agencies said yeah we provide 24-hour support there is somebody in the world based on their different centers that's going to be able to respond one of the ones was in India and that that meant very difficult and we got big delays and so when a, a client site went down and we needed them to help us 
they weren't there and it and it was very very stressful so that's another one of those bits where again you're evaluating how important is this criteria yes. in that contract and mm -hmm. if responsiveness and timeliness is is critical like on an IT support you absolutely mm -hmm. need somebody who can even if they're not in the same time zone they can provide support to you in that mm -hmm. zone and if it is critical test it before you need it yeah. So you know, literally log a log a um, uh, almost a, a fake ticket with them if that's their their process yeah. to test whether they really do have people available to respond to you yeah. uh, at all hours of the day. I'm suddenly remembering all of these yeah. more projects <laughs> yeah. that we've done. I've completely like, forgotten about that yeah. one. I was like, oh, more trauma you've brought yeah. back. Up. <laughs> Thanks. We have learned a lot. We have. We have. <laughs> Another key thing is to have a budget. So everybody's going to ask you how much you're willing to spend. You actually have to have a budget in mind. Just kind of like salary. You you don't necessarily have to spell it out to them but you do have to have a range and you need to be honest about it one thing you know it's always tempting to find the cheap option you're not likely to win unless again it's that low risk the cheapest is literally because it's it's low ca capability and you can just go and do it if you're looking for expertise make sure they have the expertise but expect to pay a fair price and it is a fair price um, for what work they're doing. So you want to. And I've also found that sometimes the most expensive isn't also like just to kind of go, well, I think it's, you know, worth this. Sometimes you do. Like my workbook production guy, he is amazing. If I were to go to a graphic designer down the road here, I am sure I would be paying hundreds of dollars for the same work that he's doing. So he's getting something because he has some flexibility to work on it in his own space and time. So his rates are kind of discounted because he doesn't have to support the infrastructure of yes. an office, yes. of marketing, of other staff and all of those things. So his rates can be less. So I don't have, but I made sure when I was looking for candidates, having learned from the first one, that one, he had the expertise I needed. He had worked on projects that that matched my brief. Um, he had excellent ratings um, and those things. And when I hired him, yeah, he's he's very fairly priced, mm. and that for me is the sweet spot. Mm. Mm. And think about building a relationship that's going to last the distance with the these people. I mean, some of our freelancers have become really critical parts of our team. Uh, you know, that yes, they are remote. Do we uh, know them at a culture level in our in our business? No, we don't. But they have become critical uh, parts of our team. So if you set out to uh, screw them on price, you know, you're going to get that. You're going to get a level of service that uh, is uh, congruent with that approach. So, you know, do something that works for them. Make sure it works for you. And I think a overarching tip from me here would be if the only reason you're going to an outsourcing model is to try and do it cheaper, I think you're going to fail. Uh, when you look at it as a way to have uh, expertise in the business, expertise that you don't necessarily need full time, that you can have on demand resource, you know, those are really great reasons to outsource. Just simply going for getting it done cheaper, I think you're on a on a tough tough uh, road. So if you're running into challenges in the in the process, if you you know the project's not going as well as you hope, what are what are some things that we can do to manage that? So. Um 
communication it comes down to really um, and and the reality is is that um, there have been times where I've I've gone oh I probably wasn't clear enough and so being responsive giving them a chance to ask questions responding to them and making sure that that you have that dialogue so that they can progress as well because you know as a client you also have to be responsive to them um, so there is there is that bit but I think that the big lesson I learned is it all comes down to spending the time in writing the good brief evaluating candidates and picking the right candidate because when you get to the point where it's really not working you really shouldn't settle and you should just cut your losses and move on because in the in the virtual world um, you will you will frustrate yourself to no end of trying to make it work with someone who it's not working with. When you have an employee in front of you, um, you have more opportunity to do performance management. You can coach, you can develop. It's yeah. a long-term expectation with that person, so yeah. it's worth the investment to help them grow and, yeah. grow and develop. But in the virtual you, world? Yeah, for a, for a short-term project. You know, it's really, really difficult. And, you know, sometimes there might be things that come up. Um, I have an audio professional that I use to do voiceovers. He's also a university professor. So he's going to be available at different times. So when I infrequently brief courses to him, I always say, are you available? And is this, you know, and here's the kind of level of work. And so it's kind of being recognizing that um, it might not always work. I want to work around that, but um, that's where communication comes in and I will continue to build that relationship and understand what his what his situation is. That's one of the things of hiring him is I have to be aware he might he might be busy, but um, that's the risk I take and I'm willing to take that one to work with him. Other ones, it's, you know, it's really not worth it. So don't settle. Be picky and cut your losses when it's really not working and move on. Great tips. To summarize a little bit, when you're thinking about outsourcing, a couple of key reasons to outsource. One is that if you if you or your team find you're doing low value tasks, uh, I think that's a great, great reason to outsource, uh, get someone else to do those, and you focus your time on the things that really add value to the, to the business. And certainly the other one being where you lack the expertise or capability in your business, and it's not a role that you would require full time. Outsourcing is a fantastic way to just absolutely raise the capability and expertise that you have in the business, albeit virtually, is a, is a great great way to do, do it. Um, if we were uh, reflecting on the, the top tips, we would say communication, communication, communication is huge. Be very, very picky about who you choose to start working with. And the more important the project is to your organization, the pickier you need to be. If it's a low value task and it's a one off, look, don't don't waste your time. Kind of get in, get it done, and and uh, be the consequence possibly. Yeah. But if it's an important project, spend the time, brief it really, really well, interview people, uh, check that they have the expertise, get them to do a trial project before you commit to the to the larger larger thing, and then communication, communication, yeah. communication all the way yeah. through. Every hour you invest in the front end is going to come back in spades in the back end for how smoothly and how well this project will run. So front load your, your thinking and your, your time in planning and 
you will absolutely um, have the return in giving you the capability and mm. and the speed and finding the the candidate that fits with your cool. organization mm. and we find this really exciting as a way to raise uh, capacity and capability in our own organization uh, you know, the world is changing very quickly innovation technology is changing every single day we're always trying to find better ways more efficient ways uh, to get things done and being able to have access to a global platform of people with different expertise is such a great addition to our, our business. Uh, it's been a, a huge enabler. Uh, we've been able to deliver projects that uh, we just simply wouldn't have been able to deliver either maybe at all or certainly not in the timeframes that we've been able to do them internally. Does it come with some challenge? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it does. But. We really hope that some of those tips we've given you, we might have opened your eyes to looking for technology as a way to solve some of these challenges for freelance platforms or certainly other organizations that are outside your own uh, to help you deliver on, on these kind of things. If you've got any questions for us on how this works, you'd like more of our insights, drop us an email, drop us a comment on this uh, podcast. Uh, we'd only be too happy to help. Uh, Milena, any closing words? So I highly recommend thinking before you hire, think, can we do this another way? And then, and then evaluate that um, because you might be surprised what you'd be able to do without hiring somebody to do it cool. in your own business. Yeah. See you next time.